Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, no podcast, no problem. Launch a professional podcast you'll love in four weeks. Most people hire production companies to edit and distribute content that sounds bad and does nothing for their revenue or their network. But you could turn the key to a made-to-order podcast and skip all the pitfalls that make 90% of shows discontinue after five episodes. We've got the expertise, the elbow grease, and you're back on this one. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Mark Swaitaj. Mark is the CEO and founder of Roundtrip. Since starting the company in 2016, Mark has led Roundtrip to become the leading digital transportation marketplace for better health outcomes. The no-show rate for patients with transportation arranged by Roundtrip performs five times better than a national average. Mark holds his MBA from Georgetown University and a BS in management from Boston College's Carroll School of Management. He's also a fellow of the American College of Healthcare Executives and an avid skier and runner. Such a privilege to have you here on the podcast today, Mark, and uh, really looking forward to to our conversation. Hey, Saul, pleasure uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah. So, Mark, you know, we're going to talk about the the great things that you guys are doing with round trip and improving outcomes with transportation. And so, before we dive into that fun stuff. I'd love to hear more about what inspires your work in healthcare. Uh, the impact, right? It all boils down to the impact mm-hmm. for for me and really for the organization that we've we've blossomed. I, I come from the patient transportation space. It's my love. Uh, actually, when we were starting and preparing for this conversation, I mentioned that I was a Boy Scout, uh, and that's where it began. Uh, when I was a Boy Scout, I found out that I could volunteer on my local town's ambulance, and I did at the age of like 16 or 17. Nice. And volunteered for a bit and eventually navigated my way through various levels of patient transportation. And I followed my love, saw really how the the intersection of transportation and outcomes had really been separated. Um, And we'll get into that. And from there, uh, like I said, blossomed round trip. That's cool. That's really cool. And, you know, um, it's, it's awesome the experiences that you could have as a kid and that really kind of, you know, bleed into your adult life. You shared some really great ones. And it's great to see that, that the Boy Scouts had that type of, of impact on you. You know, I've, I've got a three-year-old and I always think about the things that I could do for him to, to develop his mind. And, and so appreciate that inspiration and in what they did for you. Yeah, it really was impactful. Um, and it set the values, right? That Mm-hmm. Even as when we formed our organization, we spent a lot of time focusing on what is it that we're doing, why we're doing it, who is ultimately benefiting. So at the end of the day, we view patient transportation as that step to better health outcomes. And that's what drives our team, drives the people that we hire, drives the clients that we serve and the conversations that we have. I love it. So let's talk about it, Mark. So talk to us about how you and the round trip team are adding value to the healthcare ecosystem. Yeah. So what is this round trip, right? Uh, <laughs> so again, coming from this patient transportation story, I, I worked on a vehicle direct, providing direct patient care, both emergency and non-emergency on an ambulance. And really what I saw was patients were giving up on their health care, not because of the care they were going to receive, but because the ride 
was so burdensome. And what, what I saw was a lot of it was social. So we'll talk about social determinants of health as it's now been branded, but really it was a lack of engagement. So there were plenty of rides that I did with dialysis patients, folks going for chemo, radiation treatment, you know, even rehab where the, the lack of engagement, coordination, communication for that individual, coupled of course with the larger social conversation, made it difficult for them to want to continue with their care. So we're talking about vulnerable populations, right? So generally the elderly, generally lower socioeconomic, disadvantaged. And, you know, for the conversation of Black Lives Matter, we definitely saw different populations that were more vulnerable than others. And, you know, when we started Round Trip in 2015, you know, taking that American leap, I had been sketching out this idea for quite some time. And I knew there had to be a better way to improve outcomes with better transportation. And so really starting in 2015, we took an entire year before we even launched with our first client and followed a design thinking methodology, which was so cool, Mm -hmm. iterating with hospitals, patients, transportation companies, nurses, social workers, doctors, all clinicians, everybody in between to say, if we were to rewrite the process of ordering, coordinating, receiving, rides that view to improving health outcomes, what would it look like? And that didn't end in 2015, right? So our product certainly goes through that process. Every sprint, every design, every release that we create uh, is the product of working in tandem with our partners to say, how do we make it better for tomorrow? That's neat. And so what would you say makes round trip different or better than what's available in the market? Yeah. So I think as we started the conversation, You know, you shared, we're leading this space when it comes to improving health outcomes. Mm -hmm. So what we found is really some key differentiators, right? So throwing transportation at a population doesn't necessarily improve health outcomes. And there was a pretty interesting study that came out of the University of Pennsylvania two or three years ago that for uh, a disadvantaged population, transportation was offered to them and it didn't change anything. Mm -hmm. So What we learned is just by throwing an option at somebody or a group doesn't improve. Well, what does improve, though, is you have to understand the mindset of the individuals, the populations, and certainly how transportation works, right? So when we began the company, and it's very much still true today, what we learned is a couple of key things. One, transportation is a huge problem. You know, we can go on the stats for all day. One in five people give up on their healthcare with transportation being one of the main reasons. This generally evidenced by no-show rates. Transportation are a major reason driving no-show rates, particularly in the outpatient space. Mm-hmm. In the inpatient space, significant delays, right? Now we're talking about an, inf- if an efficiency conversation. Patients are occupying inpatient ED beds as they wait for that ride to show up. The patient is generally disengaged. So are the care teams when that ride is going to be getting there. And then payment for these rides is incredibly complex. Sometimes an insurance will pay for them. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes the patient has to pay for copay or deductible. And oh, it goes on and on. Medicaid has benefits. Medicare sometimes has benefits, but it depends on the ride type and the location, right? And the product and your plan. <laughs> so many, so it's so very, many very variables. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do is we cleaned all that up. So our value proposition is pretty clear. We work together with provider organizations, meaning hospitals, health systems, outpatient groups, care teams, care coordination groups. We work together with health plans. Large conversation on the Medicare Advantage space because it's an evolving dialogue. A lot of regulatory changes that have been going into effect that allow for Medicare Advantage plans to start crafting transportation benefits to help improve those health outcomes. That's pretty new. 
Uh, and that's pretty exciting for us. And so what do we do that makes us different or better? One, we serve an entire population. So whether you can walk like me or you can't, whether you have behavioral health consideration, whether you are COVID diagnosed, we can move you through those transportation partners on our platform. Number two, the value of data is so crucial. Everybody knows, like I said, transportation is a problem, but we need to know how transportation correlates to outcomes. So by giving populations transportation benefits, how do we begin to craft them so that it's important and it improves their outcomes? So I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Giving rides to, let's say, a heterogeneous group, for lack of a better word, a group that is made of of different folks uh, in a particular health plan product, very different transport benefit than, say, somebody that is on, that has renal failure or end-stage renal disease that needs transportation to and from dialysis three Mm -hmm. times a week. And so what we have found is that by tapping into the connection of ride data and healthcare data, we can say for these populations, here's how we can refine transportation to improve the outcomes. And then the third is, again, a lot of health insurance companies pay for medical transportation. It's part of the benefits offering. And so what we've been able to do is allow for our partners ordering rides for their patients to navigate that space so they can see what ride benefits may cover the transportation that is needed for those individuals to and from their healthcare experience. So again, to say, you know, very quickly, uh, serving a full population, uh, the value of the data is through the integration. So we're first to market um, across different healthcare platforms, Epic, Cerner, and many others. And then finally, tying it all back to the ability to tap into patient's insurance that'll cover those rides. That's cool. So you guys are integrating with all of these EMRs? That's right. Yeah. So uh, we've done multiple integrations. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's pretty neat. So what we found is that, uh, you know, coordination also correlates to the ability of the care team to seamlessly access rides for those patients, right? Uh-huh. So we can't uh, add labor okay. to the process. We want to streamline, take waste out of the system. Right. So right. by integrating into Epic, Cerner, and others, what it allows for that care team to do is seamlessly navigate right within their current workflow, the ability to access rides. That's pretty cool. Then, yeah. And that absolutely slashes the ordering time, it improves the overall experience, and most importantly, very, very robust data. And that data flows downstream, right? It maximizes engagement with the patient who's receiving content. It's maximizing information to the transportation company who's doing the actual ride to make sure they're sending the right ride, right vehicle at the right time. And all of that has incredible impact. Do the wrong I love health, that. Health outcome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean, you know how many times I've I've walked into Target and just picked up something from the aisle that I just like, ah, oh, bubble gum. Yeah, I need that. Um, it just when it's right there in your workflow, you're more likely to do it. And the accuracy is there too, right? Because they're literally in the patient screen. Exactly. That's I exactly love it. right. Yep. You you you've nailed the visual. <laughs> That's right. So it's within the workflow. Uh, so to speak, you click a button and information pulls forward. That's right. That's awesome. When did you guys come up with that? Because that seems like, and also when you did, how did that impact the uptake of your service? When did we do it? Uh, gosh, my my integration team would be, uh, you know, on me if I didn't have this exact, I'm going to say about 18 months ago. Okay. Um, right. Is when we did our first launch and that was with an Epic instance. Okay. 
And what it has proven is it's made us incredibly sticky. And mm. it's, I mean, it, you know, from a real technical side, right? It, it definitely sure. affects our, our NPS from the care teams that are using us. We're watching, obviously, how long it takes to book rides. It slashes the time that it takes to book. A lot more work is involved up front um, to make sure that we get the integration right. A lot is relative. It's actually not that bad. But it does, on the on the client setup, make sure that we're positioned with the IT team of the hospital to, you know, do that integration. But once all that's done, the word spreads fairly quickly within the organization on how they can order rides. And then obviously our utilization goes right up. Especially when it works, right? Like, okay, great. We got this new thing. Let's try it out. Now, you know, Mr. Smith is showing up to all of his appointments and then the numbers overall are impacted in the positive direction then it, I'm sure it just takes off. That's right. So everything you just said is, is the outpatient conversation. And we also do the inpatient side. And what we found is, you know, there's this, this kind of saying that's been around for a long time through the transportation space. And I heard another client of ours say it to me last week, which tells me it's still active, which is, if you think about it, transportation is oftentimes the first or the last touch point a patient has with their healthcare experience, right? Yeah. And so typically the way the mind works is those last experiences are top of mind when, say, completing an experience score. Yeah. Um, and so we want to make sure that, that that experience that that patient receives is top quality so that their overall perception of care delivery is of a, a, a good one. And we can keep going down, you know, this conversation and those that have a high perception of, you know, high quality care are likely to get healthier sooner or have better health outcomes. So all this just makes so much sense to me. Makes so much sense. And I thank you for taking this side road. I, just more of a curiosity for me, but, and, and I'm sure everybody else is wondering, so I appreciate you uh, indulging us here. Uh, a huge difference maker when you're able to integrate into the workflow uh, both, you know, inpatient and outpatient is critical uh, for those those scores and also the overall outcomes. What would you say is an example of how you guys have improved outcomes or even improved business in healthcare? So, my, you know, my my family and probably my partner would would laugh at me making this comment. Uh, uh-huh. I get a little I, I, I get a little teary eyed over some of the stories that uh, some of our our client partners uh, share. So last uh-huh. week I was on the phone with one of our first clients, right? And uh, so now we've been with them a couple of years. And our champion was on the phone, and she said, "Mark, I want to tell you um, that it is so different here than the way it was." And this is a this is our champion at MD Anderson okay. Cancer Institute um, at Cooper. And she said before a round trip, I'd walk into my lobby seven o'clock at night. She she's a workhorse. She works a lot. Yeah. And, she, and I said seven o'clock at night. She goes, Yep. I'd walk in the lobby at seven o'clock at night, and there'd be patients, people, guests waiting, sitting for a ride to show up, having no clue if when if there is going to be. She she said to me, she's like, I would actually pull money out of my own pocket trying to find cabs to get folks home. Yeah. And she goes, Mark. I don't have that now. I look in my lobby and that's not the story anymore. And that to me, it still gives me chills. Like that's my litmus test uh, for improving health outcomes, right? Folks are not worried about the ride. They're focused on their health. Love it. That's so great. You know, and and, uh, to have somebody tell you that and just overall, right? Somebody that's really passionate, not just anyone, right? And that's a testament. And so when you think about the journey Mark, you know, you guys have have entrepreneurship and healthcare is a meandering road. 
So <laughs> what would you say is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced? And what was the key learning that you guys were able to pull out of it to make you guys even better? Yeah, I think we've learned a lot of things. So uh, what's been really cool about the setbacks, and we've had several, um, mm-hmm. was that people understand that we're a mission-driven organization. We entered this space to improve it. Yeah, and along the way, it's going to be a little bit bumpy for a couple of parties, right? Because we're trying to test hypotheses, see what doesn't work. And so, you know, I'll give you a couple of examples. On the more advanced ride options in our technology, uh, what does that mean? Like uh, non-emergency ambulance ordering. So for folks that are in a bed that need to move between hospital locations or from one hospital location, let's say, to another discharged from a hospital to a post-acute, we found out that a lot of provider organizations have preferred transportation companies. And so, and again, that's the space I come from. Uh, so I knew this, but what I didn't appreciate was how to approach hospitals and their partnered transportation companies on the value proposition. I had to okay. learn this with a little bit of time. And again, we followed design thinking we worked with a lot of transportation companies. And so when we started our, our business model, it was very basic. You order a ride, it goes to your transport company, the ride is completed. But what provider organizations had said to us was they actually had preferred transport companies, whether they owned a fleet of vehicles, of wheelchair vans or stretcher vehicles, or um, like every every provider organization has a, a contract with the ambulance company or wheelchair company. They wanted to make sure that they maintained those relationships and actually maximize them, mm-hmm. um, which I think is wonderful. And so we actually didn't have that as part of our technology. And then as we developed as an organization, we worked with a lot of partner organizations to say, how do we streamline rides to your preferred companies so that you can control that quality so that preferred partnered company benefits greatly and the value proposition is clear. So we Hmm. reduce phone calls. Obviously, the data is much stronger than before. And so we had to do that. It's a different conversation than, let's say, ordering a ride share through our model, uh, where it's largely an API connection to one of the, the ride share companies like Lyft. And what it does is, it, it allows for that organization to have that full spectrum of ride ordering through our, our technology at the same time maintain and actually maximize the relationships that they develop with their partner transport companies. That's been really cool to see. That's really neat. And it becomes sort of a, a standardization tool for them as well. That's exactly right. And because, you know, we don't own or operate any fleet, it's I'm agnostic to it. At the end of the day, it's all about moving the patient in, and maximizing the quality, right? So to work together with the partner organizations to develop this, that was, that was a really cool experience because it was like, how can we do this? I yeah. loved that approach. And, you know, you, you guys just help them put the tools together. They obviously pick these partners for a reason because they believe they would improve, you know, outcomes and, you know, at a, at a cost effective way. You guys are just helping drive the usage and standardization to help those uh, rides and, and affect those outcomes. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's really neat. That's really neat. So you guys got the the paratransit group involved and now it's flowing smoothly. What would you say is, is something you guys are most excited about today? Yeah, so we've all heard this phrase before in healthcare, but we're starting to see it in the transportation space as well, the healthcare transportation space, which is patient-centered healthcare, patient-centered mm-hmm. models. We have a really interesting partner in California called Contra Costa Health System of Contra Costa, the county of Contra Costa, which is in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. where they've got relationships with both the plan, the provider space, outpatient space, and even the paratransit program. And so what we're seeing is this model where 
you know, I, I chuckle a little bit because it, it, it should always have been this way, where we've got the patient at the center of our model. So within our system, we're able to then see for a particular patient their transport needs, will the paratransit program fund the ride to go to the grocery store for, you know, food to address social determinant of health? For that same patient, do they need to go to a you know a dentist appointment where their particular health plan benefit will cover the cost of that ride? Or are they part of an ACO? Or are they part of some type of waiver program um, that's going to fund that ride? What we're able to now bring together all these different disparate transportation programs or benefits into the system to help that provider organization, that care team, begin to see and navigate where are ride benefits for this individual so that we can maximize that individual staying healthy and active in the community as opposed to getting sicker and winding up in an ER at exponential costs and obviously the judgment to that person's health. That gets me really excited. Yeah, Number two. I love that. So the approach is, and I know you got a second part to that, so yeah. forgive me for this, but I, I did want to park there for just a, a quick second. The idea is get out of the sick care loop and get into the wellness and healthcare area for overall health, right? The, the, those social determinants, like you mentioned, get get the food, get get them to those things that make a difference. I love that. I love that, Mark. It's exactly, it's moving from the reactive to the proactive state, which is totally. one of the core values of our organization is staying proactive. That's how we think about healthcare, moving earlier up the value chain to say, hey, look, it's it's cheaper to provide ride and act, rides and access to this population for this social reason then to let that person get sicker and be turned into an ER visit. I so, think that is really high. Mark, I agree. And, and so you you have a, a national footprint. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, we look at what we're able to do, you know, both plans, the state, you know, the federal government, depending on the plan that you're on, you know, the appetite for these types of programs. I feel like California has been ahead of the game. You know, how do we fund it and how do we get creative? Are you seeing more people do that? Can you comment on that? Yeah. So I have a pretty interesting take on this. So, you know, we started the the conversation today by talking about uh, rides by you know, a heterogeneous population. And I don't think that's the solution, meaning giving rides to a fairly diverse group of individuals mm-hmm. that are classified by one particular filter, like, you know, Medicaid population. Where I see the future is in the disease state dialogue. Yeah. So you'll see that, you know, as I talk and as evidenced by our technology, we're starting to see the value of rides is different by diagnosis. Right. So yeah. we would probably agree, like I said before, somebody getting, you know, dialysis, radiation, chemo, COVID transports or a different dialogue, right? And need and benefit than say somebody who has access to a vehicle that can drive themselves to the doctor's office. So how do we understand the disease state, probably even some social cues to begin to offer tailored or specialized rides? ride benefits to that population and maybe even increasing them from where we are today is right. So rides are generally doled, you know, for that population on an average, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe we begin to refine that conversation, offering more specialized or specialized types of benefits to this population mm-hmm. as opposed to another population. That's where I see us going. So the value ultimately is going to boil down to the intersection of that healthcare data and that ride just data to show the outcomes. And I'll just like one quick thing if I can sneak it in real, real fast. Yeah, please. I'm and really it- excited 
yeah. about uh, a grant we received from the National Institutes of Health. Oh, yeah. So uh, cool. the National Institutes of Health came together with our organization, a wonderful, wonderful group. And they said, look, you know, there's a crisis going on right now. Actually, another crisis. Uh, yeah. which people have been talking about for quite some time, um, and that's the opioid epidemic. And we and they said, we know that there's an, a conversation relative to transportation. So right, so a lot of people are unable to comply with or get access to those treatments with transportation being a barrier. So we received a grant, the maximum allowable, from uh, the National Institutes of Health, NIDA, uh, that allows for us to work together with a couple of key partners, Contra Costa, who I mentioned in California, Lyft, the University of Pennsylvania to conduct a study to say, let's take a look at the intersection of transportation and the opioid epidemic. If by offering these specialized ride benefits to the population, are we able to move the needle on improving compliance? Are we able to improve uh, the conversation relative to health outcomes? That gets me really excited. And again, we got awarded the, nas- the, the maximum allowable amount for phase one. Our team is stoked. And again, it ties right back to why we're doing what we're doing, which is this conversation of improving health outcomes. That gets me excited. And it it continues us down the dialogue of saying it's going to be by disease state or condition state to say how transportation is impacting outcomes. Wow. That's so great. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Super proud of the team. Shout out to Vinay on our team who spearheaded all of that. It's been wonderful. That's so great. And, you know, a very good reason to start looking at transportation from a disease state and a therapy state. It makes sense. You know, why not? If, it, exactly. if you're going to be able to tailor the approach and increase the benefits. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, certainly, um, you know, those that get involved in whatever specialty become the experts. And, and Mark and his team are certainly experts at uh, healthcare transportation and providing those benefits to patients, plans and, and health systems. Mark, why don't you take us home here with a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could continue the conversation with you? Yeah. uh, As you look at healthcare, it is complicated. It's political. It is confusing. And there are a lot of folks that are caught in the middle. And, you know, I have to say, I have seen the colorful, vibrant, can-do side of healthcare. Yeah. And I've also seen it through the intersection of forming a startup that said, we can do this. We're tackling two really complicated uh, worlds. We're tackling healthcare and transportation, and we're bringing the two of them together. And what we've been able to do is work together with partners to say, how can we improve this for you and for so many others? That to me is meaning. That's, that is the, the, the benefit. You know, I've built scaled grown transportation programs before. Uh, This is now another story. We're looking at it largely through the the data lens. You know, what is that that information insight that's garnered by offering these rides and ride benefits to populations that improve their health outcomes? That's what brought me here, right? That's why I'm doing what I'm doing, why our team, this wonderful group that I I get to learn from and support every day, you know, is is driving that that conversation, that story, and that change. Uh, More information obviously can be found out about us on our website, roundtriphealth.com. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, you know, all the different social outlets, feel free and pleasure to connect with anybody to learn more. Mark, thank you. And folks, if something today resonated with you, there's an opportunity for you to engage with Round Trip, Mark and his team. Be sure to take them up on that, on that contact. And uh, Mark, just want to say thank you for today. It's been a, a really great conversation around transportation and healthcare. Can't thank you enough. Thank you. And thank you for making this conversation happen. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business. 
and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world, though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.